Hi, this is the Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. Well, again, we're so glad that you're tuning in with us this morning as we conclude our series in Romans chapter 8. We've been in this for four weeks now, and we're going to jump right into the passage. So I invite you, if you've got a Bible or a Bible app, please turn to Romans 8, verse 31 to 39. And if you don't have a Bible app that you're using, again, we want to recommend and suggest the YouVersion Bible app. It's free. Not only does it have the scripture in there, but if you search under events for the Gathering Windsor, you can find our sermon notes. They're already pre-done in there. I encourage you to use the version uh, Bible app, if that's your method of choice. So we've been journeying through this beautiful passage of Scripture, and today we're going to finish with some of the most encouraging and inspiring verses in the whole Bible, talking about the new confidence that we receive as believers in Jesus Christ. And as we look at these verses, we will discover that when Christians know that God is for them, and that they are secure in His love, they will receive new confidence to follow Jesus no matter what they face in this life. So let's read verse 31 to 39. Paul says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we are going to look at three reasons why believing in Christ gives us new confidence. The first reason is that in Christ we have confidence that God is on our side. Look at verse 31 again. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So when Paul says these things, he's referencing all that Jesus has done for us. Everything that we've looked at in this series in Romans 8 so far. He's thinking, hey, because of Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, we've been set free from the penalty of sin. There's now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ. And we receive this new life spiritually. We're born again by the Holy Spirit. And we receive a brand new identity. We become children of God. We're adopted into His very family. And more than that, we receive the promise of a new and a glorious future. We have the hope of eternal life. And we know that God is working everything out in our lives for our good until that future becomes a reality. So he says, what is the conclusion? What is the only, the logical, the natural conclusion? Clearly, God is for us. Clearly, He is on our side. Look at all He has done for us. And you know, you think, humanly speaking, when you know that somebody is in your corner, that somebody has your back, right? courage naturally wells up inside. I think back to uh, elementary school days, I happened to get in my fair share of, we'll call them, playground disputes. Uh, now, my older brother and I, we didn't have the best relationship in those days, but I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt 
that he has he had my back, that he'd be there for me. And so I had less uh, anxiety. I was less nervous. I had more courage that if I got into a fight, one of my friends might get him and he'd be there to help me. And so I walked around with confidence. We understand this. When you know someone is with you, that they're for you, you have confidence. Folks, the Bible is saying that God Himself, the Creator of the universe, is on your side. That He is for you. The One who put all the stars in their place. He is for you. And so He says, so then who can be against us? Now He's not saying that We'll never have any trouble. We'll never have any opposition. There won't be any enemies. Like there won't actually be things against us. He's saying that that no power can top God's. That if you're in Christ, ultimately, you're on the winning team. He loves you and He will accomplish all of His plans for you. And knowing this ought to give us joy and courage and fresh confidence. And, And if we need more proof, any further evidence that God is actually for us, He goes down to verse 32. He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all. God gave His one and only Son for us as evidence that He loves us. Evidence that He is on our side. Evidence that He is for us. This should give us confidence. But here's the reality. I understand this. We all have different doubts, different struggles at different times about different things. And a lot of these doubts, if we're honest, relate to our faith. Matters of our faith. Is God really there? Does He really care? Is He actually for me? Does He truly love me? I mean, I've had those doubts. Maybe you have. But Paul is writing this to remind Christians not to doubt the love of God. Not to doubt that He is for us. Or when we do doubt, to read, to stop, to think back, and to remember Jesus. Jesus in our place. To think of the cross. Every single day. Think of the cross. When you're doubting if God loves you, you're doubting if God is for you. Just think of the cross. Anytime you see a cross, when you wake up, when you have lunch break, the the last thought before you go to bed, yes, God is for me because of Jesus. That's going to help us combat all the, the, the doubts, the fears, the anxiety with the truth of God's Word. God really is for you. Romans 8 and, and the whole testimony of Scripture is evidence of that. And again, knowing this, I mean really knowing this, not just in our head, but in our heart, is going to give us confidence which will propel us then to joyfully follow Jesus when things are easy and when things are tough. God is on our side. Now the second reason that we receive confidence is knowing that in Christ, God's declaration about us stands. God's declaration stands. Verse 33 Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. So this verse echoes Romans 8.1 again, which is, there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If God declares that you are forgiven, that you are righteous, that you are justified, then you are. Who else is higher than God? Who else has more authority than God to make such a declaration? Who can ever come along and counter and reverse God's decision and His declaration? So, so important for us to get this and to remember this all the time. Warren Wearsby says, Understanding the meaning of justification brings deep peace to our hearts. When God declares the believer righteous in Christ, that declaration stands forever. It never changes. 
To be sure, our daily Christian experience changes. We have ups and downs, but justification never does. We may accuse ourselves. People may accuse us. Satan for sure will accuse us, but God will never take us to to court and accuse us. Jesus has paid the full penalty and therefore we are secure in him. Yes, this is what we're talking about. God alone is our judge. He is the almighty one. He is on our side and his declaration stands. But if anyone does try to condemn us, look at verse 34. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. So if anyone tries to condemn us, Christ is there for us, interceding for us, which means he's our high priest. He's he's mediating, standing in the gap between us and the Father 24-7. He's our high priest. He's our advocate. I mean, if there was anybody that could or should, you could say, condemn us or accuse us. It it would be Jesus himself. He's the one who had to suffer and die for our sins. But he doesn't condemn. He defends and advocates for us. If, and this is the big if, which is the big if we've seen all throughout Romans 8. If we have put our trust in him. If we are in Christ. So that's the big question again this morning as you're watching this. Have you done that? Have you recognized your sin? Have you confessed your sin to Jesus and asked Him to forgive you and put your trust in His finished work, in His life, His death and resurrection? If you haven't done that, you can do that even today. And I urge you, I plead with you that you would do that. You can have new life. You can receive new confidence that God is for you, that you are actually declared righteous in His sight if you would come to Jesus. If you already know Jesus... Take heart. Be encouraged by these verses. His declaration about you stands and it will stand forever. Thirdly, in Christ, we receive confidence because God's love for us never ends. His love never ends. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Remember, Paul was writing this letter to a group of Christians in Rome who were suffering various levels of persecution. Maybe they were tempted to give up following Jesus. Maybe they were tempted to wonder, is it actually worth it? Or maybe they had doubts and they thought that the the suffering and the experiences that they were facing meant that they were now cut off from God, that He had abandoned them. They were no longer in His love. And maybe you've had similar thoughts. Or maybe you have those thoughts even right now. And you're thinking, because I've gone through that, or because I've I've, I've done this, or I'm facing this right now, it must mean God doesn't really love me anymore. Or I've exhausted His mercy and His patience because I've failed too many times. I've sinned too many different ways. I've been disqualified from His love and care. All these difficulties, all this junk that I'm facing, clearly it means I'm separated from God. And Paul says, no. No. No one can take away God's love for you. The things listed in verse 35, these are things that the believers in Jesus have faced from day one and we will continue to face. Remember, Christians will suffer too. We are not exempt from difficulty and hardship and pain in this world. In fact, other than the sword, which means to be put to death, Paul had experienced every single one of these things that he lists in verse 35. 
And he states confidently that these things are incapable of disrupting his relationship with Christ. He says, hey, if you're thinking that you're separated from Christ because of all these things, let me tell you, I've gone through all of these things and I'm not separated from Christ. He still loves me. He is still with me. He is still for me. Verse 35, it's meant to be a rhetorical question. It's meant to be, of course, no one can separate us from the love of God in Christ. But just in case it isn't clear, he actually answers the question in verse 37. He gives the answer. He says, no. Can these things separate us? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than conquerors. So we not only face these things, endure these things, but we actually overcome and conquer these things through Jesus. That's the key. It's through him. We're not more than conquerors by, you know, we psych ourselves up or we look deep within. We find all this confidence inside our hearts. Our confidence comes from Christ. Christ alone. He's greater. He, this is why we wear a shirt like this. This is why we put it on a shirt like this. He's greater than anyone or anything. He's the one who lived for us. He's the one who died for us. He's the one who rose again in victory. And He's the one who's going to come again as a conquering King to rescue us fully and finally and to establish His perfect eternal rule. He's our conqueror. He's the reason we can be more than conquerors. On our own, we've got nothing. It reminds me of the Chronicles of Narnia. If you've read the, the, the books by C.S. Lewis or you've watched some of the movies, the movies are okay. The books are better, as is usually the case. But hey, you've got some extra time right now. There's some good books to read, either on your own or with, with your family. But in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, there's this final battle scene between the Wicked Witch and, and her army, and then there's the good guys. And, 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 the, and the bad guys are winning. I mean, the good guys are being valiant. They're putting up a fight. But there's just so many more bad guys. And, and they're, they're tempted to, the, to retreat. And like, no, we're not going to treat. We, we can't give up. We've got to keep fighting. But I don't know if we're going to do it. It looks hopeless. We've got nothing left. Oh, we're going to keep trying. But I think we're going to lose. Look at all that's against us. And Peter's fighting the witch. And he's just like, oh, no, it's going to end. This is going to be so horrible. And then, suddenly, as if out of nowhere, Aslan the lion roars. And he appears up on this high hill together with all the forces that he's rescued from the witch's power. And this is where the movie version comes in handy. You watch the movie, you see Peter. Instantly this kind of little smile as courage and confidence wells up inside. Not because he all of a sudden thinks, oh, I've got this. I can do this. No, Aslan is here. We're not alone. He's with us. He's for us. And so then they have this courage. And then they cheer for Narnia, for Aslan. They go. They keep on fighting. And then the lion comes. Aslan comes. And he defeats the witch. I mean, I, I watched the scene just the other day to refresh my memory. It still gives me chills every time I see it. Because in the same way, believer, when we see all the hardships, all the difficulties, all the things that are out there against us, we can take courage we can have confidence because we're not alone. God loves us. God is for us. He is with us so we can endure. We can conquer. We can be victorious in Jesus Christ. You see, being more than a conqueror, it doesn't mean that all of these challenges and all of these struggles and all of these hardships are just simply eliminated from our life. No, verse 37 says, in all these things, we still encounter them as we follow Jesus. Being more than a conqueror means that through Christ, we can face them, we can endure them, we can overcome everything in this life. Even if we suffer greatly, even if it means that we end up dying for our faith. 
because we have a new and glorious future. Our eternity is certain and set. We're good. All these things that face us, they're temporary. They do not have the final word. Christ does. And because of Him, our eternity is sure and we have confidence. The band Ren Collective has a song that's called More Than Conquerors. It's based on this very passage. I just want to read some of the lyrics here. It says, No surrender, no retreat. We are free and we're redeemed. We will declare over despair, You are our hope. We are more than conquerors through Christ. You have overcome this world, this life. We will not bow to sin or to shame. We are defiant in your name. Nothing is impossible. Every chain is breakable. With you, we are victorious. You are stronger than our hearts. You are greater than the dark. With you, we are victorious. So we have confidence. We have confidence because we have a sure hope of victory because of Jesus Christ. Now verse 38 and 39, Paul says, For I am sure, I am certain that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Once you are God's and you belong to Him, Nothing can pry you out of His loving hands. He lists all these different things. Things present, including coronavirus. Yes, including that. That can't separate you from God. And He talks about rulers and angels and and powers. I mean, human, physical human beings may oppose you. Governments and systems, they can't. They can't separate you from the love of God. But even in a spiritual sense, angels, rulers, you're referring to, to Satan and demons. And all of their influence. Folks, remember, Jesus is stronger. He is greater than Satan. Okay? If Jesus says that you are loved and that you are forgiven and that you are His forever, even all the powers of hell combined can't do anything about that. They can't separate you from, from God's love. Paul makes it very clear in verse 39, just in case you want to be one of those people who's kind of nitpicky. Well, he didn't say this. He, he didn't say this. What about this? He says, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Name it. Anything. No. We are totally secure in God's never-ending love. Now and for all eternity. You know, I, I hope that you've, you've learned a lot during this time in Romans 8. And, and maybe you've, you've seen now why some Bible scholars think that Romans 8 is one of the greatest chapters in the whole Bible. And I hope you understand the truth of the new life that you have in Jesus Christ more. I hope you understand the new identity that you have, that you've been adopted into God's family. I hope that you understand the new and glorious future that awaits you. And I hope you understand the new confidence that's available to you. But more than just understanding these things, I hope that you truly trust in Jesus. He, he's, he's the source of all these things. He's the, he's the giver of all these things. Jesus is the best. He really is greater. He's the only one that can bring you back to God. He's the only one that can forgive your sins. He's the only one that can give you this new life. He's the only one that can sustain you until the end. 
He's the reason we're more than a conqueror. But if I can just be honest for a moment, I, I feel like I, I, I got, maybe it's not a fear, a concern, maybe a burden is, is the best word to describe the way I'm feeling it right now. I, I, I can't shake this. I've had this for a while. My, my greatest concern and my greatest burden for those that are listening, those that are watching this, is that the truth of Romans 8, all this stuff that you have heard, it's going to go in one ear and out the other. My concern, my burden is that this won't really make an impact or a difference in your life. That you'll be too distracted to care about it. Too distracted to truly follow Jesus and trust in Him. That you're going to continue to look for life and and joy and meaning and confidence and hope everywhere else in this world, but you're not going to find it. You'll get swept up with most of of the world, most of your friends, and you're going to pursue the cultural ambitions of the day and the truth of Romans 8 will pass you by. That, that's my, my, my burden, my concern. Because, I mean, new life, new identity, new future, new confidence, it's all available in Jesus, but you have to put your trust in Jesus. I can't do that for you. Your friends, your family can't do that for you. You have to come to Him. Nothing will ever be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, but only if you have actually put your trust in Christ Jesus. I truly hope that you have done that. I pray that you have done that. If you haven't, please, I hope that you would. I hope that you will. I pray that you will, even today. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank You so much for the truth of Your Word. We thank You for for the hope, the encouragement, the confidence that is available to us because of You and Your Son. And so I want to pray right now for those who may be watching or listening who don't know You. Lord, would You use Your Spirit to, to draw them to You? Would they see their sinfulness? Would they see the selfishness, the error of their ways? And would they turn to You, Jesus? Find hope, find forgiveness, find new life only in You. Please, Lord, let today be a day of salvation for many. And God, for those who do know You, those who are Your people, Lord, I pray that we would learn to know and experience Your love in a deeper way. That we would fully, truly understand that nothing can separate us from Your love. Nothing. And maybe there are people here today, they're they're facing hardship, Uncertainty, confusion. I mean, these are uncertain times. Lord, remind us. Remind us deep in our hearts and our souls that we have victory in Christ. Our future is sure. God, that You are for us. You are with us so that we can endure all things with confidence. God, I pray that You would help us, that we would all see and know that Jesus is truly greater than anyone anything. Thank you for your never-ending love. You are for us. In Jesus' name, amen.